This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, where in a single moment you can recognize your brilliance and change your life. This is a transformational hour that covers an array of topics that demonstrate how individuals use their native talents, as shown in their name, to look at the ordinary and extraordinary ways. Albert Einstein once said that everybody's a genius. Why would one of the smartest people on the planet declare that everyone is a genius unless he knew that to be true? I'm your host, Sharon Lynn Wyeth, creator of Namology Science and author of Know the Name, Know the Person. And in each weekly show, you'll hear the fascinating ways other people discovered the genius in them and what they were able to accomplish. At the end of each show, you'll hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. All over the world, people have many, many diverse interests. And in that vein, people have asked about different occupations and areas of life that have highly interested them. People want to know how highly successful people have managed to achieve their genius mindset by utilizing the gifts that are seen in their name using nameology science. So how does someone express their creative talents and how does someone share those gifts with others in such a way that everybody benefits? Our expert tonight is Julie Wark. That's it's W-O-I-K the last name, who has developed her genius in the area of writing meaningful children's books that teach a core value lesson in each book. Julie is a writer and a poet who has created the character-building children's book series, The Life and Times of Lily the Lash. Having worked in the field of psychiatry and as a teacher's aide early in her career, Julie discovered her innate ability to connect with others. Her dynamic personality and inherent sensitivity enabled her to relate to children of all ages, and her relaxed demeanor allows her the opportunity to instill the important life lessons found throughout each of her books. In addition to the writing of the anticipated 15-book series, which five are completed, she applies her meticulous attention to detail in all aspects of the book's development, from all art direction to design layout, printing to distribution, and ultimately advertising and promotion. Julie is also the creator of educational activities and motivational and board games that accompany the series. And this is free for anybody who goes online, so you can be a parent and also use it. Julie's tremendous energy and her own childlike playfulness help her bond with children at book signings and author presentations around the country. Whether she's presenting to an entire school or speaking to a single child, she's driven by a passion to empower children to make the world a better place. A proud native of Wisconsin, she now lives in Sarasota, Florida with her husband of 32 years. Julie's name indicates that she has a great sense of humor, and wait till she comes on, you'll definitely get to hear it, and that people find her interesting such that they can listen to her for hours. Her name indicates that she's brilliant and intuitive. 
yet she had to learn to trust her intuition. She has a generous heart and lots of self-confidence, besides being highly independent. Welcome to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, Julie. Hello. (laughs) How are you? (laughs) We're doing well. I'm so glad you're here with us tonight. You know, my first question for you is, would your English teachers in high school ever even have imagined that you would be writing a series of children's books? <laughs> well, that's an awesome question because, no, oddly enough, darling, I got a D minus in English in high school. So most certainly becoming an author was not on my bucket list. But, you know, life is funny, and it, you know, it leads you in different directions, and you just kind of have to go with it, and you never know where those places are going to lead you and what you might find at the end of the rainbow. And what skills you decided not to learn while you were in school and then have to pick up later. (laughs) Absolutely. How did you discover your talent for writing? Well, I didn't really discover it, it discovered me and uh i can go into that and explain to you uh how things kind of sort of happened to me um i woke up in the middle of the night on my way to the bathroom and i wiped my cheek and an eyelash was on my finger and as soon as i looked at that eyelash a poem filled my head and someone who worked in a large publishing house overheard part of the poem and suggested that um it was brilliant, and that I take the concept of this eyelash and create something for children. And that is how this all began. Isn't it amazing, because you never know where you're going to be and who's going to hear what and how that whole series of events. What do they say? There's nothing like a coincidence, right? <laughs> or a coincidence I don't believe there are any coincidences. I think that everything is just planned out and happens, and it's fateful, and it's just fantastic. And I continue to meet people over and over again that just, confirm this you meet the people who you're supposed to meet when you're supposed to meet them i so agree we need to take a break stay tuned to know the name know the genius in you which can also be heard on knowthename.com after the break we'll find out what inspired julie to leave behind her psychiatry work and become totally devoted to writing books that assist children regardless of the child's age from age five to 95 years old Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you?
Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember, 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which is being heard on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. Our guest tonight is Julie Wark, whose website is lilythelash.com. That's L-I-L-L-Y, the lash is L-A-S-H.com. I would like to start by reading and quoting something from one of your books that I have just found fascinating. And I'm going to quote from the book, The Life and Times of Lily the Lash, The Garden Gathering. And it says, we're talking about this sunflower named Sunny. And it says, a bit of a stickler. She likes things just so. This imagined for Sunny would be hard to let go. The thought of her having a big double chin compared to the flowers that grew nice and thin. When new leaves popped out, it drove Sunny insane. Of course, it was worse if it started to rain. The additional growth brought on low self-esteem and some big whopping tears that created a stream. In your writing, you're constantly rhyming, even as you're very well emoting for that flower, whatever it is you're talking about, how they are feeling and then how they transform Would you mind giving us some background on how this story of the life and times of Lily the Lash came about? Well, The Garden Gathering was the first book that I wanted to write because it was about self-worth. And I want children to understand that we are human beings, we are going to make mistakes, but we need to have that self-worth and that strong self-esteem within us to be able to understand that we're all different. Um, we are not going to be the same as the person next to us, but that um, be strong, be who you are, and be proud of that. And as we do that, no matter what happens, we're going to be able to move forward. So when we make a stupid mistake, which is certainly going to happen, I want children to understand that, yes, you have to look at it, you have to admit it, you have to apologize for it, you might have to make amends for it, you need to um, fix it, but then you can move forward. You're never going to forget it. It's always going to be there, but I want these children to grow that self-esteem within so that they can move forward no matter what happens to them. And in that particular book, the sunflower looks in the mirror one day and realizes she's bigger than everyone else. And she meets a tiny spider who thinks he's too small to make the soccer team. Is she big? Yes. Is he small? Yes. But they both have separate gifts that 
That's what brought them. That's what they have in this world. That's what's great about them. And they don't see that till they meet one another. And then they recognize the sunflower um, sees the spider jump off the web and recognize how quickly um, uh, he wraps up his web. And, wow, she says to him, you know, hey, you don't even have to worry about your size. It's your speed that's your gift. And from that conversation, it helps her to realize that, wait a minute, I have value, too. I'm bringing, you know, uh, shade to the snake, and I'm bringing food to the bees. And she's beautiful, and they're beautiful for who they are. And that is the first and foremost bottom thing that I want children to start with in their lives because I want them to understand you have to feel good about yourself because when things are not going well... The first thing we want to do is, um, you know, give it up or um, talk about, you know, like things like suicide that come along eventually in a, in a you know, young person's life because you don't feel valued. And I need them to understand that we're going to make mistakes. We're going to be different. We must value ourselves 100%. And I'm, it doesn't even have to do with children. I have so many friends who come to me to talk to me about, um, their relationships or things that are happening in their lives that aren't going well. And I would probably say 75 to 80% of the issue is their self-esteem and that they do not feel valued and they don't know how to stand up for themselves and they don't know how to move about in a way that um, makes them feel strong and worthy. And it's just the utmost of importance, and I need children to understand that. You know, you have a lot of booths at different fairs where you go and you sell your books, and you've been doing that for about 10 years. Was it challenging to bring your books and ideas out to people as you got started and had these booths at different fairs? And and what was that like? Well, it was such an odd, I think, kind of odd concept, because in the beginning when I started doing it, I seemingly think I was maybe one of the only ones around because everyone kept commenting that, you know, what are you doing here? You know, or, or, you know, you're an author, why are you here? And I think it made them think that I was, like, not doing well and that I was there because, you know, hey, I had no other way of getting rid of these thousands of books in my garage. But it was quite the opposite. <laughs> A lot of authors I, start that way. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Okay. But it was, I'm meeting the people. I'm meeting you, and I'm lit really explaining to you i'm right in front of you explaining to you what the value to this book is and of course it's a children's book so it's not a novel so that makes it much easier because they can first stand there for you know five minutes and pretty much be able to read the whole book and get the whole gist of it but they could see that i'm serious about this i need these lessons to be taught to the children i need our world to become a better place i need these books delivered to children who are going to love and be entertained by that book, but then learn that lesson and move forward in their lives, making much better choices and doing things like shaking a hand and making a promise and following through. No lawyers need it. Hey, I'll come over and I'll help you fix your house. Hey, if something happens and you can't make it, that's okay, then call your friend and say you can't make it, and you'll make it some other time and make new arrangements. But don't not call. 
I just need these kids to follow through with these character-building lessons. You don't have to like someone. You don't have to agree with them, but you do need to respect them. And if you take a minute to listen to somebody's opinion, who you don't agree with, you might not like that guy or that girl, but you just take in for a minute what they're saying, wow, you might actually learn a lesson from that alone. Hey, you know what? Wow, this person came from this different environment and, you know, they see things differently and, you know, they don't see it the way I do. I can understand now how they feel about that. I still may walk away from that feeling strong about the way I feel about it, but I most certainly have now opened my mind to realize that, hey, you live differently and I see where you're coming from. And I just think we'd be a better world if if everyone did that. And certainly, Teaching these lessons to the little ones from the beginning is, is absolutely key. And what's cool about that is that my books are from, um, I always say this, that the self-read for the series is 4 to 10, but my customer base purchases for 0 to 10. And so these people that I'm meeting, they're coming here, and these women are pregnant, and they're reading to their children already because they want them to, and I'm talking about all books in general as well, not just my books, but they want their children to have the best of the best, to be reading to them now, give them a love for reading. And then, of course, these lessons, they're very important. They want their children to live happy, healthy, successful lives, and character-building lessons are key to that. So um, these families are coming up to me, and their child may not even be able to, you know, look at me. They're still a teeny tiny baby, but they are reading to them from the very beginning because they do care about them learning these important lessons. So for me to go to a a show, a craft show, art show, and be able to display my books, um, besides the fact the artwork is fabulous, so it is kind of like a work of art, so they're coming up to me, excellent opportunity couldn't couldn't i just couldn't have had a better experience in these last 10 10 years it's just awesome now people cry at your booth and a lot of people cry at your booth why (laughs) is that it's very strange honey but it's so cool i think initially it starts with when i'm explaining to them that they what my character is my character is an eyelash and then they go oh an eyelash and they're a little bit kind of wondering what the scoop is but then I explain, you know, Lily lives on my eye as a little girl, as a fairy. She teaches me to see the beauty in the world around me. She teaches me to see the beauty that lives within me. And she teaches me to see the right way to make good choices and do good things and be a good person. And that initial conversation then, then they immediately kind of make this, oh, oh. And then they start paging through the book. Well, then the illustrations, they're just breathtaking. They're like cinematic. They're 3D on flat paper. So now these images are jumping off the page at them. And then while we're talking about that, my books um, not only teach that important life lesson that these families care about, but then we also talk about that they have, you know, fun facts in the back, and then we have a cause that we give to. Every book has a cause that we give to. So may it be breast cancer, lung cancer, cystic fibrosis. So then that's an important thing. So then they're like, oh, my God, my mom or my grandma died of breast cancer, or I had it, and I'm a survivor. Then it goes into they start telling me about what they're doing in their communities and in their churches and in their world to make their place and their environment and their loved ones um, happier. And it just becomes this thing where I can't tell you the amount of times we've all started crying 
Um, I had a woman come up to me um, at a book signing one time, and when she approached me, there was hardly anyone there. And she started talking to me, and she said, Julie, you're not going to know me. Um, I uh, got your book from a friend, a mutual friend. And she said, and she brought me the book because my grandson had just moved in with us. And the reason that he had just moved in was because my son has just died of an overdose and, um, and my daughter-in-law was incarcerated. So Becky felt that I needed to have this book. And she said, Julie, we started reading this book every night, and it just opened up all these avenues because my grandson was feeling so different. Here he was at school, and the kids weren't making fun of him. She made that clear that the children were not making fun of him. But he felt the turmoil of this whole, you know, thing. And so she said, Julie, we, we um, started talking about all the issues, about how we were different and how, you know, people are different and, you know, and how does this matter. And she said, Julie, my husband and I and my grandson, we just, we just really grew from this book. And so as she's talking to me, people started gathering around our table. And, the, yeah, they were looking at the books, but they were actually more concerned because she is sobbing. She tears are streaming. Now they're coming down my face. These people are standing there, and all of a sudden, they start getting teary listening to what she's saying. And she tells me that through the child was now, you know, years later, the child was now 12 years old, that he was on the honor roll, and that he um, was doing fabulous. She said, really, that's why I came here. She said, I saw that you were here, and I wanted to let you know that, you know, he's just doing fantastically. And um, I just couldn't believe that as we're all crying there, she said, Julie, he has a special shelf in his room displaying his prized possessions. It's a picture of his father. It's a picture of his mother. It's his honor roll document a sports trophy, and your book. This is a 12-year-old boy, Sharon, 12-year-old boy, and he has my self-worth book on his special shelf with his which is, picture. Which is just incredible. And we need to take another break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. This show is dedicated to helping children learn social graces and become empowered individuals. After the break, we'll find out about how some of the different ways that Julie has assisted people. Again, her website is lilythelash.com. Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net.
Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Julie Work, who can be reached via her website, lilythelash.com. Julie writes children's books, and these are incredible children's books for any of you that are just joining us. Definitely you want to stay tuned to hear more about what she's doing. Julie, you've mentioned about these incredible illustrations on your book, and they are so bright, and they are so cheerful, and so well done, and every page does. It just magnificently jumps off the page. The artwork is absolutely gorgeous. Now, you have given credit to Mark Tobin, and he's done all of your artwork all the way through. So how did you find Mark, and how did that all work out, and how does he know what to draw so that your vision comes to life? Well, when I um, set off to decide to do this, I started looking online for an illustrator. And when you put in the word illustrator and Google it, up come 9 billion illustrators. So then I had to start writing in some specific words that I was really looking for. And then I, you know, found still there were a million, but at least I could find, I found like about 100 that I went into their sites and really checked them out. I liked about 20 of them, and I emailed them explaining my situation and so forth. They would email me back and explain that, you know, they didn't have time. They didn't do children's books. Um, They may be able to help me, but they were too expensive. There were various reasons that it wasn't working out. Mark Tobin didn't email me back. He called me. And from the minute we started talking, we were speaking over one another. We were laughing 23 days later, I had was flying to Pennsylvania and stayed at his house for the weekend and um, met his girlfriend and hung out there and um, just an amazing experience. We have this, you have to find the person who can sort of get into your head and help to bring that onto the paper. So now when I write the story, I write it and then I send it to him and then I let him read it. Then he calls me, and then we um, go through it a page at a time of what I see on that page, what I see on that page. Because when I'm writing it, I sort of feel like it's a movie playing in my head. Now, one at a time we do that, and then when we get to the end, then now we're going to start, he's going to start with page one. But as it moves along, Mark, too, is going to say things to me like, well, wow, oh, Julie, well, when I read that page, this is what I saw or what I thought. And we're always open to telling each other and talking to each other. It is very much a collaboration. Even though that an initial thing may be what I saw on that page, we might go completely with an idea that is his. Um, he's just brilliant. He's super funny. He's sarcastically brilliant, um, very clever. Um, I never can get away with a one-minute conversation with him because we just have too many laughs and too much fun. So it is key to find somebody who really understands you, what you're doing, um, and what your like cause is and what your, what your meaning of that book is. If you're doing a cartoony, uplifting, fun, friendship, you know, fun, happy book, then that's got one flavor. Mine is an eyelash that could have gone very wrong. It had to come across as subtle and soft and meaningful and heartfelt. And wow, I mean, his stuff is just, outrageous i mean it's just i i uh, it's just unbelievable um when people approach my table i literally say to them you know i'm the author but you gotta open the book you gotta look inside because you won't believe what you're going to see and every single time it's the same reaction oh my god wow because that helps them now um feel 
the story and what I'm trying to teach. So the books are absolutely entertaining, um, but it's that underlying lesson that we're sneaking in because of Mark's wonderful illustrations. The child's just being entertained, but I'm sneaking in that lesson when they're not looking. Speaking of children, you give school presentations to young people, and you're able to so keep in a huge assembly all those children's attention while you're presenting. Now, I have what I want to think of is way too many years in that classroom, even though I've loved every single one of them and loved seeing the children learn. But I'm only dealing with between, you know, 24 to 30 children at a time. And here you have hundreds. How do you manage to keep their attention while you're talking to them? Well, I don't read from the book. I read the book. I do read the book to them, but it's all PowerPoint. It's all up on screen because it needs to be big. Mark's illustrations need to be big. I want to explain to them, you know, what a lesson, you know, what the character building lesson is. I want to explain to them for the older ones. Um, the littler ones, I, I keep it pretty simple and read the story. And we talk a bit about being different or whatever that lesson is being um, that I'm teaching in that um, book. But for the children second grade through fifth grade, I'm talking to them about how Mark and I make the illustrations and how, you know, we make this happen and, the, you know, the printing process and, um, you know, the binding, you know, and the kids are super interested. You know, I'm very animated, so I'm up there and I'm throwing my arms around and I'm talking and we're laughing and it's interactive. They get to ask me questions. I explain to them, hey, you got a question, raise your hand, let's talk about it. So lots of that kind of stuff makes children more interested. They're not just sitting there bored. They get to be part of it and ask me questions, and many of these children want to write their own books. And in lots of classrooms, they are doing that. They're already authoring these, you know, different storytelling things. And then the last thing that I do is I give, um, especially the boys, um, hints on how to write a good story. Um, Like, for example, don't tell me that, don't write a sentence like, I walked down the street. Okay, what did you hear? What did you smell? Did you step in some gum? You know, all you have to do is add a couple of things. I was walking down the street and stepped in gum. Suddenly I heard the um, church bells ring um, or dog bark. And as soon as I give that little hint, you can just see their faces light up. They just are like, bing, the light bulb went off. They get it. And that's what's cool because they're, they're so excited about hearing me and they know from the very beginning that they're not just going to be bored i'm not just going to be sitting there telling them stuff they get to tell me and teach me stuff too um one of the uh, the garden gathering the first book about self-worth um i'm in um first grade so there's a six-year-old boy and when i ask the question um you know how are we all different you guys you know raise your hands and tell me how do you think we're different and one six-year-old little boy raises his hand and says our souls are different. And I looked around at the teachers and I got all teary and I said, well, how old is this little one? I mean, what, you know, I just couldn't believe it. So clearly this young man has been talked to about what, um, to some degree on his level, obviously, what a soul is and um, just just fantastic. Kids are just awesome. And I, I breed off that. I, that's inspi- inspiring to me. I may be inspiring them, but they most certainly are giving it back. You know, talking about that, you also work, besides with children, with older people, with psychiatry. And just for a brief moment, would you mind talking to us on your days with patients who would say like some crazy things like there's a pink elephant in this room? 
Well, I always loved that pink elephant. So and if I could put some jewels on it and add some earrings hanging off that big elephant's ears, I would do that. My philosophy and many of the team that I worked with at the hospital in Sarasota was if that patient is not hurting themselves or others, and this is a delusion that is, you know, simply making them happy or they feel safe or um, they're, you know, having a good time, um, that's okay. So we often would be engaged in that um, um, that delusion that that person was having. And I can't tell you the amount of laughs we've had as well with that, just because you don't have to get rid of the pink elephant. And I think almost the relief to that patient, not having to fight with them to say, there is no pink elephant, there is absolutely no pink elephant. Stop saying that, Joe. Stop saying that, Susie. <laughs> Well, that's not helping them because to them, the pink elephant's there. So, yeah, we really, I enjoyed working with, I worked, enjoyed so much working in psychiatry. It was just, it was just a little bit, I just needed to move on to other avenues of my life. Okay, please share with us the story of the lady named Cindy who came to your booth and purchased all of your books for a library in Uganda. What happened at your booth? Yeah. She came up to me, and um, she bought the book on, I was there for three days, and she bought the book on um, the, 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 it was actually an odd thing, it was a Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and she bought the thing on a, the first book um, on a, a Sunday. And then she called me on Tuesday and said, oh, Julie, I'm in a city that's like 30 miles away, you know, can I come, I, can you stay open long enough, I want to come get your other four books. Funny enough, a friend of mine came over last night, and here she comes to your booth during the day, and she bought all the other, you know, she bought all five, so I need to get the other four. I said, well, sure, Cindy, come on over. So she comes to my booth, she had purchased, like, I think the fifth book. Um, and so when she was buying the other four, she said to me, Julie, I want you to please sign the other three to still to the, N- the FNC kids for Uganda. But she said, I, I would like you to sign the first book about self-worth to me. And I would be ever so grateful if you would write me a, a note because you just so inspired me the other day. And I would, I would really appreciate that. So I said, okay, go away. I'm going to write these notes and come back in a little bit. So they come back. And I had written her a note asking her to start looking in the mirror every day and saying to herself, I am fabulous. And I said to her when I explained to her and handed her the books, I said, Cindy, I know this is going to feel odd to you, but you're going to start to recognize that you are fabulous. And it will feel weird in the beginning, but you will do this. And I said, I also want you to start listening to affirmations, affirmations about that you are fantastic and that you are caring and kind and loving. And she said to me, Julie, and her daughter, her like 25-year-old daughter was standing next to her. And she said, Julie, I needed that book written to me because I've always struggled with self-esteem. And she said, and um, you, I just have this sense of that I need to increase my self-esteem and feel really good about myself. And um, she turns to her daughter and says, I've never said this before to you or my mom and dad or anyone. She said, I'm saying this for the first time. She said, Julie, I've had, you know, issues that were not that good that happened in my life. And um, I need to move forward with this, and I need to get better. And her daughter and I, and we're all getting teary, and we're all hugging one another. And hear the power of this lesson for strong self-esteem helped her to admit that, you know, I have things that have happened to me in my life that I want to feel good about me, and I'm going to feel good about me, and I'm going to move forward. And unbelievable. Unbelievable. It was like an experience that uh, like was a dream. 
And again, there we are crying at my booth. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's I, important. Self-worth is important. Okay, so in each of your books, you have a cause, and you mentioned that earlier. So each of your books is raising money for a particular cause. How did you choose your diseases or your causes, and what, and did anything happen to you that you you know that would help you or caused you to decide which causes or that you want to do this? And you've only got one minute to answer that. No problem. My first one was easy. I didn't know I was going to have any more books. We didn't know if it was going to be successful. So my friend Irene had had cancer, and she was told breast cancer, and she was told she was going to uh, have, like, you know, six months to live. She lived 14 years from Moffitt um, in Tampa, their research and so forth. So that was an easy. But then after that, and once everybody wanted more books and we created the next one, we decided, well, wow, let's make these, you know, different in every book. So the second one is lung cancer, the third one is cystic fibrosis, the fourth one is autism, and the fifth one is um, uh, uh, MS. Now, I don't particularly know all different people who've had all these different things, but I've met so many people, and they're completely awesome, and they have these things, and we need to get rid of them. So we give to the research section of that cause. We always ask if we can give our money to the research so we can get rid of these things. Ah, I just think that's fabulous. We need to take our last break. Stay tuned to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You on xzbn.net and knowthename.com. After the break, we'll find out what Julie has in her name that assisted her that you may have in your name as well. Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back. I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, and you're listening to Know the Name, Know the Genius in You. Our guest tonight is Julie, and I'm going to slaughter this name one more time. Julie, I'm sure, just like my last name is hard for people to say, yours is. How do you tell people to pronounce your name correctly? 
Well, my last name is pronounced Woik, and how I say that is I woik all day and I woik all night, and that is about correct. So, and it's W O I K, and correct. her website instead of an R, yep, instead of an R, it's an I, and it is it, you know once you kind of see that, and then you know, oh, she woiks, kind of like I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> your website is LilyTheLash.com. And Julie's taken her fabulous communication skills to a level where she's able to write enticing stories that share how to have ethics and get along in today's world. She serves others in this capacity. Julie, what's the basis of your deep desire to serve other people? Well, I think when I started working in psychiatry, well, let's back up a second. I came from an awesome upbringing. My mom and dad were like June and Ward Cleaver type thing. It just, they were firm, they were loving, they were caring, they loved each other, it was safe. All of those things that a child dreams about, I had in parents. And um, then I started working in psychiatry. And, like, day one, I came home that evening, and I remember laying in bed going, oh, dear, these people didn't all come from the same environment that I did. And that has always stuck with me. It stuck with me when I worked with them to never judge, to never um, assume, to be compassionate and to have empathy because people experience very different things. Um, but then with teaching these lessons, I, I feel like these character-building lessons are the basis to all of us living a happy, healthy, successful life. If you know that, you know, the importance of sharing or you know the importance of honesty and that, you know, okay, yeah, you screwed up, you took that and you shouldn't have done that, but you go and you explain to the people, I did this, I'm sorry, here it is, I'm I'm sorry, or you could have even spent the money already, but you explain what you did and you come clean, set things straight. I'm sorry, but even that bad experience, even that, you know, bad choice experience that builds your character and that makes you feel good about yourself and that builds self-esteem and good character now you turn around and the next time it's not going to happen that way it's just not you're going to feel so good about yourself you're going to make the right choice and i just we got to get back there sharon i'm worried about our world everybody who i talk to and comes to my table and meets me is worried about our world However, having said that, um, hope, hope lies in the future. Hope is in these children, these children learning these lessons and being able to move forward and teach us adults, by the way. When I'm at a school and I see a child do something, you know, open a door when they don't have to, they run over there. They actually stop playing to run over and open the door for someone, not a teacher, somebody else. Um, When their hands are full, I'm being reminded to be a better person. And we need that. We just absolutely need this. Well, you know, some of this is you're in Florida, and I've been in Florida now for a year, and I have found people incredibly gracious and friendly and thoughtful in in the state of Florida. Well, I think one of my super blessings is that I am in Florida, based in Florida, because everybody around the world comes visits to Florida. So it's such a tourist and such a place to come on vacation that I'm not just, I think, you know, oh, my God, value-based Wisconsin for sure. But 
you know, I can only do shows at certain times of the year. And a lot of people are kind of local within the surrounding states even. Where when I'm in Florida, I'm meeting them from all these other countries. You know, Germany, England, Australia, um, Indonesia. They're coming from everywhere, nonetheless, our states. And these people are then taking my books. Yeah, I can make them and I can create them, but I need them delivered. So they're taking them back and they tell me. They're so excited to say, this is going to Utah, this is going to Ohio, this is going to Maryland, this is going to... These people are just lovely. I know we have concern for what's happening in our world and much of the newscasts tell us that there's trouble and that we are, there's, you know, we're going to hell in a handbasket. But I'm telling you, there's hope for the handbasket. I'm meeting these people. I'm meeting them every single day. And they are making and taking time to email me, call me, text me, to tell me experiences of when they took the book home and, you know, grandma and grandpas tell me this often. You know, Julie, I only bought one because, you know, my daughter-in-law and son or son-in-law and daughter, um, you know, they're they're funny. We bought gifts and they always haven't loved everything we purchased, so we, we try to be careful. We don't want to overburden them with things they don't want or don't need. So they've only purchased one book in the beginning. And then they'll say to me, Julie, oh, my God, not only did – the kids love it. The parents loved it, too. So now we're back and we need the rest. And they tell me these things. And the children aren't just asking for book two or book four or the one with the milk carton. They're asking and saying, Grandma, you're going to Florida. Could you get, um, I want that book on respect. Or I want that book that's in the jungle about balance. Really? You got a six-year-old asking for a book about balance? I love that. I love that. So they do get it. And when I'm at these schools speaking, I see and listen and hear. They do get it. And they do need this structure. They want this structure. And we as adults need to give it to them. So we are on the cusp of some kind of a big situation occurring where the books in about a year should be in 80,000 retail stores around the country in various formats. And we're talking everywhere from the Dollar Tree for a dollar all the way up to Nordstrom's. And we could not be more excited because part of our mission has always been get these books into the hands of children everywhere, no matter what the economic status is. And then they can get the book, and then even if they're borrowing it from the library, let's even just say that, they don't even purchase it, they borrow it from the library. All of the educational activities are free that go along with them, always coming back to learning something in that book. May it be um, mathematics, learning to print, um, word searches, um, or specifically about that particular lesson in itself. Well, I happen to love your board game that you made. I thought, ah, how clever is this? Okay, got another question for you. Okay, go ahead. Okay, if you could change one thing about people's understanding or how they look at the world, and that's for anybody of any age, what would it be? If I could get them to say that again, if I could get... If you could change one thing about everybody's understanding or as how they look at the world, what would that be? I think that 
we all need to understand that we all are in different circumstances and everyone, we need to be empathetic and compassionate to one another. We need to teach one another lessons. We need to learn them and, and value them. And then we need to be examples to one another. And that is how our world's going to move forward and become a better place is by being a better person. It's um, contagious. Once you start being um, a smile, you smile to someone, hmm, then they smile back. Oh, and then all of a sudden, hmm, now we're talking to other people in the grocery store and we're having a little laugh. Okay, that may only be a minute little conversation or a minute little thing. But you don't know that that person might be sitting home, one of those people might be sitting home on their own very quietly, and they needed that interaction. We need to reach out. We need to learn to love one another for who all of us are and pass that along and keep doing it. Yes. Now, tell us very briefly in about 30 seconds, what's this sixth book that's coming out that's not out yet? What's this um, one the about? Next book is, each book is in a different location, teaching a different character, a different life lesson. The next one is in the back of an art studio. The art comes to life when the studio is closed. Um, the Pibbledy Pencil is Jealous of Bellamy Brush. And uh, so jealousy is the problem and confidence will be the lesson. I love that. You know, I've always thought that if I was going to give you a motto that you would share to the world, I love what you said, and that would be do your best, feel your best, be your best, and always be proud of who you are. And I just want to thank you so much, Julie, for being with us. Again, her website is lilythelash.com. Julie's name indicates that she excels at saying things in an interesting way and has a great sense of humor. This is really apparent in her books. This is found in the first vowel of the first name being a U. If your first vowel and your first name is a U, you too have this talent and can decide to utilize it. Do you want to know where your genius lies? I'm Sharon Lynn Wyeth, host of the radio show, Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, which can be heard every weekday at various hours right here on XZBN.net radio and Zone radio station and on knowthename.com. Tune in to hear the fascinating ways other people have discovered the genius in themselves and what they were able to accomplish in each upcoming show. You're going to hear clues on how you can recognize your own innate genius. For all the days and times of Know the Name, Know the Genius in You, please go to www.xzbn.net and check out our broadcast schedule. And if you wish to know how to read a person's name to know the insights, this is the perfect time as the last class for Namology Science for this year is starting online this month. Or about if you want to learn about your own name and how you can discover your innate genius, go to the website, knowthename.com, and give yourself the gift of a session. This is Sharon Lynn Wyeth signing off. (laughs) 